Hello to my courageous listeners. Thank you so much for even taking interest in this controversial topic. What I wanted to explain before the intro music and the episode itself starts is that um, you're in the right place and nothing said in this episode was ever meant to hurt anyone's feelings. I think all the women involved just wanted to make sure we just explained our thought process behind it. We seem to all be pro-choice and we all want women to be able to choose, but we also want it to be understood that self-care is something totally different than what it's depicted to be. So we're all over the place in this episode, but I promise you, if you listen to the end, it will make sense. And I also want to let you know, it was recorded prior to the, uh, the podcast name change. So I think I still introduce it as the Courageous Coaching Podcast, but still, it's Sophia Speaks. I'm speaking, and my cohorts are speaking, and we are just letting you know that we disagree with what was portrayed in the billboard. So I hope you get something from it, and I hope you leave plenty of feedback in regards to it. With that being said, let's talk about it. Welcome to the Sophia Speaks Podcast. This is where I, Sophia, a real woman, speak to real women and some men about issues that matter to real women. Sometimes our conversation will be heavy. Sometimes they'll be light, but they are always informative and will always make you think. If you have a comment or want to ask a question, call 786-749-TALK. That's 786 Seven four nine eight two five five. Now, without further ado, let's talk about it. Welcome to another episode of the Courageous Coaching Podcast. I am Sophia Antoine, your Certified Life and Relationship Coach. And with me today, I have three wonderful ladies, very opinionated, but I love them anyway. So this all started as a post on my Facebook page. And if you follow me on Facebook, it's my personal page, not the, the Courageous Coaching page, but go check it out. It actually says on a billboard that I understand to be located in Dallas, Texas, it says abortion is self-care. Now, if, you're, um, if you got to this podcast from the, my actual website, a picture of the billboard is listed there. So it says abortion is self-care. It has some other words, but those are irrelevant. Um, and it's targeted as at black women, or if you prefer to call them African-American, you can do that too. Whatever the case may be, it's targeted, targeted at melanated women. And I take issue with that. I have no problem telling you that. I take issue because I myself am a black woman, if you've not noticed. And um, abortion is prevalent in our community. And in no way am I saying that it is not, that I, I look down on anyone who has had an abortion or I hold any ill will towards any woman that has had an abortion or felt the need or whatever her situation may be. I take issue with the fact that it is only targeted at black women. Had there been one melanated woman and one Caucasian woman and one Asian woman that would be totally different. But there are three women there. And it, it says to me that 
only the black women should have abortions as a form of self-care or that's their only self-care. So I've said enough already. Like I said, I have three women with me and I'm going to ask them all to introduce themselves. Um, so I'm going to go in alphabetical order. So Dion, you come up first. Can you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do, and what caused you to um, respond to that post on Facebook, please. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Dion. I am a business owner. I own a virtual assistant staffing uh, company. Uh, we provide back-end support to small businesses and entrepreneurs. Um, what triggered me, and I will use the term trigger, um, was that it was black women. Um, I, I'm, always I'm always intrigued by terms that get bastardized and taken out of context. Um, so abortion as self-care just made it a very, um, I don't know, became like a buzzword. Um, it had nothing, it had le less to do with my opinions on abortion and more to do with the piction. And it was also that it said, I think that there are other words that I think one of them said that something about black women being strong or black women trusting, trust a black woman or something like that. Um, and somehow that we're the pinnacle or the, the top that should understand abortion and why we would go get an abortion. Um, I'm a teen, I was a teen mom. Um, I had my first child when I was 15. Um, so obviously that's not the route I took. Um, but I just didn't like that it was, it said something like trust a black, I don't have it in front of me right this second, something like trust black women or something like that. And I just felt like, why are we the experts on abortion? I, it, I was really offended by the idea that black women were somehow the experts or more knowledgeable um, about abortion than any other group. And as we go, we can talk about the statistics on who gets more abortions, um, but, <laughs> um, and why and Margaret Sanger and the whole nine yards. I got, I got, I, I got my, 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 my talking points ready, but um, so that's what got me. And I just didn't want that to be the message that young girls got that they could use it as some form of self-care. That's, that's really what it is. There's, there's self-care that comes before that, that I'd like to teach young girls about. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and this is Sophia. Um, I apologize, but I did go get the, before the other women introduced themselves, I did go get the, the picture and it says this, black women take care of their families by taking care of themselves. So that's in smaller font. And below that is abortion is self-care, which is in noticeably larger font and bolded. And right below there, it's the name of the organization. Um, and since they put it out here, I, I assume they want it to be known. So it's the afiacenter.org slash trust black women is, is their link. And then below that is the hashtag trust black women. So that's fully what it says. So, um, with that being said, L you're next in the alphabetic rundown so you can go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us what prompted you like Dion said what triggered you um tell us tell us your interest in this hi so um this is Elshino Thompson and um I'm an author a teacher preacher lady and what triggered me were two things actually so 
I didn't really pay attention as much to the fact that it said, um, you know, Black women or African-American women as much as self-care and abortion in the same sentence. Um, I think that, so growing up in the hood of New York City, I, um, we absolutely were taught and encouraged to treat abortion as birth control, um, real talk. And so, mm-hmm. um, so it's nothing to have, you know, I have a friend who's had 10 abortions. I have a friend who's had six. Um, these, this is where I come from, right? Um, I myself have had abortion. And so what, what hit me was that now we're going to put um, something that's very, 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 uh, I would say to- toxic and caustic in our community, um, in the brown community as a whole, because they, you know, they separate black women from the Latino women, from, you know, from the Asian women as if we're not all brown. Um, but at the end of the day, that's what resonated with me is that abortion and self-care. And self-care is something that I absolutely teach women um, when I coach them. It's where we go, you know, when we talk about, you know, what are you doing for you? And that abortion would be in that same sentence. So it wasn't so much the color, although that does absolutely mm-hmm. play a part of it. It plays a part in, um, you know, it plays a part in how it's viewed. Um, but it's more of that whole thing, like Dion said, the self-care and abortion. Abortion is not self-care um, in any, by any stretch of the imagination. And anyone who's ever had an abortion uh, will surely tell you that it takes a lot of self-care to get yourself out of what an abortion puts you in mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So um, that is why I just had to say something about it. I I completely agree because um, I've seen it used as a form of birth control and it really does something to you mentally. If nothing else, mentally, it does something to you. Physically, I know of a lady who's had many abortions and eventually her uterus just fell out. Like she's walking down the street and it fell out. So to me, that's offensive. Um, last but certainly not least is Nisi. Please go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us who you are, what you do, and why you felt led to weigh in on this topic. Hello, ladies. I am Nisi Black. I am a coach, a speaker, and I work with high-performing women specifically on self-care. So when I saw the post, I was triggered, but I always take a moment to stop and read it, take, go to the website and see what it is that they're about. And as a woman who has had an abortion, I bring that, I guess, specific perspective and experience. And I absolutely do not equate self-care uh, or, or abortion as a form of self-care. You know, like, I'm, I mean, the billboard, it was like, I'm going to, the, I'm going to get my nails done. I'm going to get my hair done. I'm going to the spa and I equate that with self-care and I do not equate an abortion with, with self-care. I consider it an act of desperation for a woman who feels like she has no other choice, whether it be 
um, she just caught up, got caught up in a situation with a man, or maybe she was raped, or maybe she was molested. You know, those are some of the reasons that women choose. And right or wrong, I, I stand in, in judgment of no one in their decision to choose abortion. But the bottom line is, it's not a form of self-care. Now, I, in my experience, there is, there is so much more that is wrong with abortion than there is right because of the effects that it leaves on your body. I still remember the very first time I had an abortion. I've had a couple. And the very first time, I still remember the sound of it. I still remember how I felt walking through the door and how I felt walking out. I felt alone and afraid and, and unsure and uncertain of my future. And I know that it's for me, it was a, a shameful part. I did not want anybody to know. And anything that's hidden in the dark and makes you feel shame, I mean, that's not, that's not good mentally, <laughs> emotionally. And looking at that perspective, I, I was offended by the billboard that they would suggest that Black women specifically go to get an abortion like we're going to get our hair done and that it's celebrated. It is not something that is celebrated. Just because I believe in a woman's right to choose or I've had one, I would not go get one now, but that's because I'm older, I'm much more mature. And not to say that a woman isn't. I don't want folk write me talking about, well, I was mature. And I, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. But I've learned and I've grown. And I realized that looking back, the situation that I was in, even though I felt hopeless, it was not a hopeless situation. It's just how I felt and perceived it at that time. And that's the choice that I made for right or for wrong, good or bad. It is what it is. And I decided that I was going to no longer hide that part of my life and I shared it with my children, with my girls specifically so that they know, don't ever feel that you're alone and always have somebody with you so that you can, can um, you know, I'm so passionate about this because everything that's hidden and kept quiet and hush hushed, you grow up and what stays in our house, what goes on here stays here. You don't want anybody to know what's going on so you hide and you suffer silently and that is so not good for us i want women to be able to have this conversation so that we can talk about it get it out in the open and stop hiding and living in silence and frustration and perpetuating the next you know darkness upon our children in the next generation and i love that you said that you've discussed it with your girls because mm -hmm. a lot of times the fact that mothers don't discuss it with their children causes it to happen. Yeah. It, it, per, it perpetuates a cycle that just keeps going and going because the children are seeing their mother in this light of perfection yeah. when that's not exactly what's going on. You are absolutely you are absolutely correct. It was so important that I shared it. And for a while I was concerned how would how would they see me? Yeah. What would they think of me? And the very first time the opportunity came up to discuss it, they were talking about one of their, you know, friends who's, you know, was thinking about doing that. And they were really, you know, upset with her and how could she? And, and I had to step in and say, wait a minute. Mm. let's have a conversation about this because there's something about your dear, precious, perfect mother 
that you don't know about. So let's be candid. Let's be open. I'm going to put all the cards out on the table. And yeah, there were some tears. Yeah, there was some, I don't understand. And how come this and how, you know, but being mature and being strong and operating in our strengths and our gifts, we stay through the times that is challenging, through the times that is difficult, and we communicate. We don't shut off and go our separate ways. We explain and we talk through it, and they understand and they're sharing it. So my girl, all of my kids are grown. <laughs> I have grandkids now, mm-hmm. and they have open and candid and honest discussions with their kids, as it should be. Yeah. Right. But had I shied away from and tried to stay in the dark about my life experiences, who knows? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. And and as Dion shared, she was a, a teenage mother, as was I. I got pregnant at 14. I had my son at 15. And honest to goodness, I didn't even know I was pregnant until like the third month. And when my parents found out, immediately it was like, oh, you have to go have an abortion. I'm like, um, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. That's not happening. I love my mother dearly. Mm. I love my father dearly. And I said, no. They're like, oh, we're we're disowning you. Okay, go ahead. And it was just like that. No disrespect, but go ahead. Because my child is going to see the light of day at 14. Mm. I came up against that. So subsequently had my son. And like, he's the apple of their eye. He's 24 now. 24 now. But I have to share that 10 years later, that wasn't the case. My husband and I, we weren't married then, found ourselves pregnant. We, I mean, this is going to be our fourth child, and we still cannot provide for the three of them to where they're going to be self-sufficient, and we know they're on stable footing. So we decided that we could not bring another life into this world. And it haunts us 14 years later. My husband still, my husband will still find himself crying. I remember the exact date. And even though he doesn't remember the exact date, that month, he gets really sad. He gets really depressed. And he's like, I don't know why I feel like this. And then when I remind him, he's like, oh. So it affects the men because a lot of times the men don't even have any say so in what happens. They don't even know about it because despite what the media wants to portray black men want to be fathers right see this is this is this is um el chanel mm-hmm. and that's part of it so you know i was a teen um for my 16th birthday i got an abortion that was my sweet 16 mm-hmm. and it was and so um i had the opposite right sophia i could not tell my mother no. I could not be imperfect. I didn't have whatever that thing was to say, no, mom, I'm not doing this. Um, It would, again, you know, the culture around me was such that this is what you do so that your life will be perfect, right? (laughs) This is what you do so that you don't take that road. And I come from a family of single mothers and young mothers, right? We start young and we end late type of, type of situation. And, you know, the dude was all wrong. I mean, everything about it was wrong. I was an honor roll student. I was in, you know, parochial school. And this is going to mess up the outside 
view of what's going on with my child. That's what my mother was going through. And it wasn't until I was married and about to have my son, my first son, that my mother revealed to me that, so I was born in 1973. And um, that's the year that Roe v. Wade legalized abortion. And my mother shared with me that she considered aborting me. She she physically was going in for the procedure. Um, it wasn't, you know, back then it wasn't like it is today where it's kind of like a, a, a mechanic shop. So back then you went into a doctor's office. It was, you know, far more private, et cetera, et cetera. But nonetheless, she shared with me. And as she shared, I could feel the 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 hurt and the torment leave her. Mm-hmm. And and I got an understanding of just what it was. And so the billboard, like, it, it brought back to me all of those feelings mm-hmm. that I had in that room when my mother was sharing with me what she had done and why she wanted her, you know, her baby to do this because mm-hmm. this will make it all right. And mm-hmm. so, yes, the billboard has a... a a note of accuracy that at some point black women did think that having abortion was taking care of their future of preventing some, you know, that road, I'm going to say that road, whatever that is to them of some, you know, it's going to be wrong. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough, whatever we think it's going to be. But um, that's not now, right? First of all, it's 2018. And we have over 30 forms of birth control for females, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if they choose to do that, um, we have a few for men. And at the end of the day, um, especially in our brown community, we can be good parents. We're proof of that. Um, parenting is not some omen. You know, having a baby is not a bad thing. And and the, the, the billboard, to me, serves as some edict that for Black women, having a baby is a bad thing, and we should take care of ourselves by not doing it, right? Um, and this is where, again, like, yeah, color is in there for me, but more about, you know, women and your body and how you feel about yourself and the power of making your own decisions and especially about your health and what you can really do when you put your mind to it. You, um, Sophia and Dion, perfect examples, you know, teen mothers who are rocking, rocking it. Uh, I mean, phenomenal women who you have a courage that even someone like me doesn't because I couldn't stand short-footed at 15 and say, I'm having my baby, you know? So, and that is a torment that until I had my first son um, was there, you know, I didn't get free from that shackle until much later in my life. And so um, that, that is, I think, so important about coming out of that shame saying, look, this is what we thought we had to do, or this is what we were taught we had to do. We did what we had to do, but now we're saying, uh-uh, nah, we ain't, we ain't rocking like that no more. So, you know, I think that is, is, so, is so 
critical to say, like, no, you don't have to walk think, in the shadows at all. I think I want to speak to something that you just said, because I, you gave me credit for something that didn't happen. I had a baby at 15. My mother had me at 16. Mm. She, she was the first one. Um, but I want to be clear. She was, she had me at the clinic. I was there. I didn't stand on my own ground. I mm. did not. Um, what I want to tell you, I want to tell you what happened though. The father of my children did something that they would tell you black men don't do. He went to my grandmother and mm. he said, she has her at a clinic right now. She is trying, she is forcing her to abort my child. That's what he said. Okay. He was 18. Okay. He was 18. He said, and I don't want to do this. And my grandmother got in her car with my baby daddy. Okay. I don't, I never call him that. That's just for this. Um, and he, they came and showed up with my, my grandmother, my children's father and my godmother and told my mother, stand down. This, mm. my grandmother said, I didn't make you do this. You're not going to make her do this. My grandmother then got on the phone once we got back home and my mom was fuming and my godmother sitting there telling her, this isn't your call to make. Got, my grandmother got on the phone with my father's mother, my father's mother, my other grandmother. And th those two women sat there and said, let me, let, they, they said, let me get real clear with you really quickly. Number one, having babies in your teens, having babies in your 30s and 40s is what's new. Having babies in your teens and early 20s is what was expected of you until a very recent time. And they, when, and they said, and we were going to say very recent because it's in our lifetime that you didn't have babies in your teens. Okay, so let's do that. Number one. Number two, we're not asking her to raise a child. We're not asking her to step up and be a mother. We are telling her that as a family, bring mm. our child forth. The child is a miracle. Bring our child forth. And we'll deal with the aftermath after. My father wasn't happy. No one, my father wasn't happy, but you have to understand from a man's perspective, his daughter his daughter, his little girl, his little, his little princess was in some way defiled. <laughs> I was a straight A student. I was on track to graduate from high school two years early. I was a cheerleader. I was everything that wasn't supposed to be pregnant and having a baby at 15. So I don't know that I had the fortitude. What I did have was I didn't want it. I didn't want the abortion. And I, and I had a family that they will tell you doesn't exist in the black community mm. that said, uh-uh, no way. We're not going out like that. Our child will come forth and we'll figure out the, the, the other stuff later. Right now, the only decision she has to make is to not abort our child. So the one thing that I have always supported throughout my entire life is choice and mm. to not let other people police the body of another human being. And I will say human being. I won't tell a man that he has to, without a shadow of a doubt, go treat his prostate cancer. If he doesn't want to and wants to lose his whatever, then, and possibly his life, I, I don't agree. I think it's a bad decision, but it's your decision. If a woman doesn't want to continue chemotherapy on her third round of breast cancer, I don't necessarily agree, but it's her body. 
and it's her choice and it's her decision to make. So what I need to get over is one, like you said, the stigma that black men don't want their children. There's a lot of black men out there that want their children. Some of them take it to extremes when they have 30 and 40 kids by different women, but we won't talk, we're not talking about them today. <laughs> what I'm telling you is that we are talking about, when you say that black, so you, when you read that billboard, I wanna tell you something else at me. It says black women take care of their families. Mm. Mm. Black women take care mm. of their families. Talk about it, Dion. Let me correct you. Let me correct you. Let me correct you. Because Tim Thomas, Tim Thomas, that's my daddy. Okay? <laughs> okay? Black men take care of their children. Let me tell you, let me go a step further. I am the oldest of eight children. I have seven brothers. Let my father find out that one of my brothers is not taking care of their children. They don't have to worry about answering to the court for child support. They don't have to worry about it. They have to worry about answering to Tim Thomas because ultimately we all still answer to Tim Thomas, okay? Let me explain to you that my children's father was not a good man. He was not, I shouldn't say that. He was young and stupid and caught up in a time in, in Southern California where living fast was better than living good. But let me tell you what I will say about him, even after he went to prison, even after through our, our domestic violence, which I actually don't think is who, core to who he is. I think it was an environment and a time in the early 90s where guys were trying to figure out their place in the world and they were tough. But here's what I will tell you, not to make excuses for him because I don't really like him that much, but I'm just saying, um, I recognize his circumstance. I recognize his, his community. I recognize what he grew up in. And I understand understand that he probably thought he had to be a certain way and I'm not excusing him I'm just saying as I'm older now I can see it for what it is but what I will say and what I've always told my children and what I will say to this day he loves his kids he will go even through his misguided criminal activity in his mind he was doing it for his children okay he was doing it so that he could provide for them so that he could so that they had money, so that they had shoes, so that they had everything, so that we, you know, so misguided, misplaced, incorrect, because his father wasn't around and wasn't involved and wasn't active and didn't, you know, um, but we have to, so that black women take care of their families. I know a lot of black men. I know a lot of, and I'm, and I'm gonna go a step further because I wanna take out like you kind of like the race thing isn't as big. There's a lot of men, my husband now, they take care of their children. My husband's not black. They want to take care of their children. They want to be active. They want to be involved. They want to provide stability. They want to provide. There is a misnomer that only, only black men leave their children. There's a whole lot of white kids out there that don't have their daddies either. Okay. There's a whole lot of people. There's a whole lot of Hispanic people that don't have their daddies either. So I need folks to stop perpetuating this idea that it is black men, because I will tell you, I know a number of black men. I know that my father stepped up. I know that my godfather, my father's best friend since they were kids is, I honestly don't know. And, and you know, I, he's been like another father. Like he has taken on his role as an active, positive leading force in the lives of me, my, my brothers, like every, like he's, he's a driving force in our lives. He didn't take us to buy toys when we were kids. He bought us books. My, he took me ice skating. He took me for swim. He did everything to let me know that there was nothing I couldn't do. And I remember my first book was Curious George Leaves the Zoo or Escapes the Zoo or whatever. But every time he sees me to this day, my godfather buys me a book. 
we will skirt off from a family event and hit a Barnes and Noble or Amazon online, whatever we have to do. And he buys me a book because he always told me education was, was, was what was going to take me further. So I don't want that. I, I, I want to, as a black woman, and, and people have told me because I'm not married to a black man, I didn't, first of all, I didn't choose my husband because he was white. I did that. It just happened that way. Um, but I think that what I'm saying is I have black children, right? And I don't want them to think that they, their, their, their intellect, their intellect, their ability. My, my son knew from a young age, he wanted to be a father. He's always known that he wanted to be a father. Um, he's, he's told me since he was like 12 that he wanted to be a father. Mm. And so consequently, he's not a father yet, but I know that this is something that's been on his mind since he was a young kid. So I want other people to know that there, there are men out there that want to be fathers and we need to stop perpetuating the myth and stop saying black women take care of their families as if one, cause and one white women take care of their families too. I don't understand why that we need to. We need to end some of that in our own heads and in our own minds because we want them to, racism is a white people problem, don't get me wrong. But what I wanna say is we need to stop letting it perpetuate in our heads, the words we use internally. We need to stop using that and saying, well, I'm a black woman, so I'm gonna do it. I was a single parent and you know what I would tell you today? Don't do it if you don't have to. Don't be a single parent. It's not all it's cracked up to be. It's not glamorous. It's not fun. You're not like all in control or, or um, um, you know, you're not, you're not, uh, you are struggling, you are working, you're making decisions that you may not have had to make if you'd made other choices. So let's not perpetuate that myth. And then also, as much as I want to lift black men up, I want to hold them accountable. If you don't want children, and I'll say that to any man, if you don't want children, if you know that you can't take care of them, if you know that you're not going to be responsible, responsible. Don't make them. It's not just on women to take care of their families. It's not just on women to do this. And I want to also comment, you mentioned something else about your mother and her shame. What we're not realizing is that by perpetuating this idea of abortion, it's not just the person having the abortion. It's not just the child that's lost. The entire family, the entire dynamic, our community as a whole is affected by our choice to yep. abort a child. And so our mothers carried shame and of perfection so we didn't then had shame attached to it because we failed and we need to let that go yeah we need to let that go and stop perpetuating that for people that 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 their shame we all have made decisions and we have all met if any one of the women i'm looking at these four beautiful faces i want y'all to tell me um My husband's looking at me like I'm crazy. Um, um, so we have to stop perpetuating that idea that um, that that it's just us that are responsible, and we have to just we have to let that go, and we have to let people know that black women taking care of their families is not like. I'd love to see my sister stop accepting less and stop thinking that it's not there that that it's not our reality. We can be married and be successful. We can be strong and successful and still enjoy taking care of home. We can be mothers and we have to let go of the shame attached to the decision that we make. You four women, not just whether or not you had an abortion or had a child or does it, you cannot tell me today that you didn't make a decision at 18 
that you wouldn't make today. Okay. 30 years changes things and it should, <laughs> and we should be okay with that change. We should be okay with the fact that the decision I made at 20, I wouldn't make at 45. We should be, oh, and that should be accepted. So we shouldn't be blamed or shamed or belittled or less than for the decisions we made in our youth and say that we don't have an opinion on this now because of where we are today. And we should own where we were then to where we are today because we couldn't be here without having gone there. Okay, so we, we just, we cannot. And so we have to say, because our decisions now are in, informed. They are <laughs> informed decisions. They are, I would not tell a girl at 15 you have to go get an abortion. I would say to you, this is the, this is, these are the struggles that you are more than likely going to face. School is going to be hard. Work is going to be hard. But let me, let me be clear. It's going to be harder. It's not going to be impossible. Okay. You can still do it. And I do believe that adoption is a loving choice. I just don't think that we need to perpetuate that idea because statistics will tell us that our young black children, our black babies, will not be adopted and they will grow up in the system. So when I say I want to talk about self-care from the other forms of self-care, I want to talk to girls about being responsible sexually, that you don't have to. And just because you did once doesn't mean you're perpetuated in this idea and that you're continuing to, that you have to continue the behavior or the actions over and over and over again. You can have made a choice and a decision and you can move past that. And you can say, you know what, I did. I, 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 was, prom I was promiscuous or I had sex or I got pregnant or I did whatever. And you know what, I'm not ready. And you know what, you can change that. You can change it today for your forever. And you can't be, you're not forever damned because you made that choice at 15 or 16, you know? Um, you know, at 15 or 16, I tried some hairstyles that I'm looking at now going, what the hell was I thinking? Okay. So yeah. I wouldn't do that again now. So, uh, you know, how many of us over relaxed, overdid, over, how many of us over, just overdid? And now we're like, not today. Okay. So what I'm saying is that I just want to let go of that. I want them to know. So when I think of self-care, I do think of my hair. I think of my nails. I think about getting a massage. I think about reading a book that's going to enlighten me spiritually. I think about spending time with my husband. I think about, I think about a lot of things when I think about self-care. Okay. But I don't know a single person that has had an abortion and I know plenty. Right. That sees it as self-care that didn't leave forever changed. That is right. not still emotionally attached. And yes, it is used as a form of birth control, but we see it in their behavior after those that use it as a form of birth control, that it has had an effect on them. Even if they may seem like they don't care, it has had an effect on them because then things and people and whatever become throwaway. They become disposable. They become a situation that you can fix. And so they're constantly trying to fix things instead of dealing with the deep-rooted idea um, and it could be a lack of feeling worthy we could go on and on but I just want people to know that the decision you make doesn't have to shape who you are forever it can change you and we should change we should evolve we should move we should be different at 25 
we should be different at 35. We should be different at 45. And if you're not, think about that. Because we, we all have a friend or two that we're like, oh my God, girl, girl, you do know we're in our 40s now, right? You do know we're in our 40s now and we don't have to do that. We don't have to behave that way. We don't have to dress that way. We don't have to do, we don't have, we don't, we don't have to do that anymore. Um, so I just want girls to know that there's other forms of self-care. And like you said, 30 different types of birth control. I would want to perpetuate that. And cause when I went to the site, cause I did, I went to the site as Nisha, as Nisha Blacks mentioned, and I read, and I was like, so their message isn't all bad. Their, their, their overall initiative isn't all bad. That was just a really, really yeah. poor choice. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Just a really poor choice. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we as a community need to call on them to do better. If you're going to talk to young girls, and, I'm, and when, I say, when I say my young, because I'm going to say when you talk to my young girls, and I, by my, I mean every young black woman, every black woman period is who I think of when I think of mine, my people, my, my culture, my community. I'm going to hold you responsible to what, you, what message you send. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hold you accountable. And if I don't like it, I'm going to call you out. <laughs> Whether I agree or not, I'm going to call you out because it's not the message I want to deliver. I'm sorry I went on. Sorry, guys. No, no, no. Never be sorry. I mean, it, it has to be said. It has to be articulated because the problem comes from the fact that we don't say it enough. Right. Not, we don't want um, the perceived backlash of what everybody out in internet land is going to say, is going to think. But let me tell y'all right now. If you call me, if you write me, if you come at me on any social network, please, please, please understand I am not the person you think I am. I'm just putting that out there. I got a real slick mouth. And please understand who you encounter as business Sophia or coach Sophia will be the exact opposite of what you get back if you come at me wrong, just so you know. Now, if you come at me and say, hey, Sophia, I wanna talk to you about your stance on this and that, you're gonna get just as good as you give. And don't make no fake account and all that because that will just be ignored because this is the age of internet thugs and you think you're gonna throw stones and hide your hands. We're not doing that. If we're gonna have an adult conversation, please contact me and come come on the podcast, I welcome you. But what I don't welcome is, is um, bullying, harassment, and all that stuff. No time for it because we're not attacking anybody. We are just wanting the company or who, whoever they may be. I don't even know them people personally. I just take issue with the message, as Dion said, that you're giving our young girls, like they don't have any other um, outlet but an abortion. And, and I just want to build on that because thanks for bringing that up beyond that um, black women take care of their families as if black men don't. Let me tell y'all about my husband. And it's so hard to say it without getting emotional because I didn't raise my kids. I didn't. My husband raised my kids. I went to work. Not, not by choice because I always wanted to be the stay-at-home mom that raised their kids and all that stuff. My husband was diagnosed with end-stage renal failure early, early, early on in in our mid to late 20s. So therefore, he was put on disability, had to go on dialysis. 
I had to work because I was able-bodied. But anything my kids needed, he was there. So to insinuate that black men don't take care of their kids and black women mm-hmm. <laughs> and that black <laughs> and that black women are solely responsible for whatever happens in our community that is unfair and in addition to what Dion said it's oh, I just lost my thought in addition to what Dion said it's like you're putting that much more pressure on the black woman whether it's intentional or not you're putting that much more oh well black women have to take care of this and black women have to do that insinuating that a relationship is is not necessary or is impossible because you're a black woman that's not fair and it's important that we dispel that myth because like um l said when you grow up in the hood you you get accustomed to seeing a certain thing and whether we know it or not a lot of people don't move out of their hoods a lot of black people don't don't travel they don't get to see let me tell i was born in a i was raised in a very small town where there are generations upon generations upon generations of people that still live there they can trace their lineage back to the 18 whatever what's it's and they've never moved away and at some point you gotta be like this has to be incest because all y'all family is right here (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying no seriously there's like six eight ten generations of families Y'all got to be hunching on some cousins or something because, listen, this is not possible in this small town where everybody's some kind of this person and y'all cousins and 1,800 of y'all show up at the reunion and all y'all go home at night. We, it, so to say that, yeah, you go visit somewhere else and you come right back or, or if you travel, traveling is with a hundred mile rate, within a hundred mile radius. So a lot of people don't go out to see that there's life elsewhere. And what you get is, and this is going into media, what you get is the perception that the media tells us is a black family. And we don't know any better. And we, this may be off, but we, is, we find aspirations because a lot, of, a lot of white people, they think the black community is doing good because of what they saw on TV, what they see in the Cosby show, what they see in Olivia Pope, what they see on, on whatever other black, blackish, the light skinned black folks. Oh my. Uh Oh, I'm just saying. Oh my. I love my light skinned black people. We all want, I don't, I'm not into colorism. I'm just saying. Oh, but they see the aspirations. So, so they put those people in front of the white people like, Oh, the black community doing good. And the ones that's not doing good is the ones that don't have no ambition, but it's, we see that's all there is of that. And they be like, Oh, well, the ones that still left in the hood or the ones that live where um, they can dump as much fluoride as they want into our water and all that other stuff. Oh, those people just ain't trying hard enough. We can't. Not without bringing redlining into the situation. Not without bringing, um, um, we couldn't get a GI Bill after we got back from the war, or we couldn't um, buy houses in certain areas, or we couldn't do this, or we couldn't do that. And and let's not forget Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921. 
So what is it that you would have us do? And listen, I'm telling y'all, don't come at me for this, but I'm just saying, let's go ahead, Elle. I'm sorry, because I'm, I'm, I don't want to dominate. Because you know what you raise, you know, you raise, one, one of my core issues in my ministry is freedom, that, that he whom the son sets free is free indeed. Right. That's a statement. That is a, that's a declaration. And in order to be free, we, we, we were conditioned to think that freedom is given on a piece of paper. Um, freedom is given, right? And I, I have a problem with that because the Bible says that he sets you free. He makes you free. And nobody can give you your freedom because you're already free. You come free in Jesus, right? And, and, and what you raise with all those, um, all those events in history, historical events, is that for all that is done to a people, that a people still have enough. Take what you want. We still have enough to walk free. And to be everything that that history also says and proves that we can be, and you know the 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 key to being free is not feeling shame, because once you shake the shame and come out of the shadows and own whatever it is, you're free. There's nothing you. you we're done. We don't have a conversation to have. And so what Dion has said, what Nisi has said, what you have said, Sophia, it all, it all culminates in you're not putting chains back on me by saying on this billboard that one, post-slavery is still in effect. It's not. I don't have to, as a Black woman, take care of my family because you sold my husband. Um, three states up because that that's why because you know they they they, they're not telling us why black men didn't stay with their families the reason why black men couldn't stay with their families is because the ones who were really good at it were the burly ones the good slaves that got sold to other parts of the country and so they had a choice like i can live and hopefully i'll get back to my family or they gonna kill me here. And so let's be clear, we're not going back there. Number two, we're not going back to a place where having a baby is a burden, having a child, it is a miracle, Dion, absolutely, positively, 100%. Why? Because that's what the book says it is. It says that children are gifts from God. We're not gonna have you reinstituting some burden of us having our children because we can't wet nurse yours. Okay, I said it. Because this is what, see, we got to understand where things come from so that we could dispel these, these um, inaccuracies. Well, and let's go a step further with the and inaccuracies. And that's really what it is. And so, there was... you know, I... Are we losing her sound a little bit, or is it just me seeing that? It is. I know she's. I think she froze. Okay, so I'm. I'm gonna just. 
Okay. She's in her car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to just capitalize really quickly. She said something about knowing where we come from and it was about the selling of our husbands, but you have to remember that when the projects were started, when projects were initiated, um, women in order to get aid or receive welfare, once they, once, once slavery was over and civil rights movement, and all of those. So they further disenfranchised black men from their families. They, they further disenfranchised and created separation through, through segregation, through other things. They further disenfranchised. Women could get aid if they didn't have a husband. So it's, it's a systemic racism. And so when I tell people that that a lot of white people, I won't say all, because I'm, I'm married, but I will say a lot of, but even in his family, some of the things that they've said, and some of it is just, it's not even so much that they're mean or that, they're, that, they, that they embody racism. It's that it's so much, it's so ingrained in right. history and in activity and in behavior that they didn't even realize that that statement or that idea or that thought process was right. So I'm not, I, I won't throw, I, I don't believe in throwing the baby out with the bathwater, probably not the breast analogy in this conversation, but I don't believe that all white people are inherently racism, racist and they embody it and they are emboldened and that they take it in and that they're, that they're talking about it over the dinner table. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that ignorant. What I think is that they don't realize that um, it's systemic, it's part of the culture. And I do get on other black people. I'm like, you do know that that's not the way it is anymore. And so some of it is the words we use in our own community. It is the embracing of the N word. And I'm like, I'm not your N word. I'm no. not your B. Women try to not equate me with a female dog. That is a legitimate term for a female dog, you will not, my sister, <laughs> lump me in with that, okay? That is not who I am, okay? That is not, don't me, I love dogs, don't need PETA people coming after me, but right. that is not who I am, okay? That is not who I am, and you're not going to lump me in or belittle me or make me less than by thinking because you think embracing it empowers it. No, we talk about knowing our history and accepting where it took, where it took us from and where we are today. That is real. But you're not going to make me feel like I am less than today. Because let me tell you, let me give you a, a few, few facts that I would want any, and I hope there's some, some white folks listening. Let me tell you, black women are some of the most educated group on the freaking planet. There are a lot of us, myself included, with not one, not two, three degrees. Okay, some advanced degrees, some in things you wouldn't even think of that someone might have. Okay, so don't mistake who we are. We believe in being educated. Now, with all my fancy degrees and all the letters I can put behind my name and all that other stuff, let me tell you what else. I read a lot. Mm. I watch a lot. Okay, and I'm very clear that there are conversations that I have had with my black boys my children and my brothers that i didn't that that white people do not unequivocally have to have okay so we can talk a little bit about margaret sanger and everybody talking about she was a racist and don't get me wrong she was not 
a, a great woman, the, the founder of Planned Parenthood. But let me tell you why Margaret Sanger went into black churches and some of the things that she said when she talked to other white people, because that was the belief at the time. Okay. There were beliefs at the time that are not carried over today. They believed at that same time that if a woman got pregnant, she could not have possibly been raped. Okay. Because supposedly our bodies would physiologically shut down and we couldn't get pregnant if, it, if, if we didn't enjoy it. Okay. There are women today that don't enjoy sex because no one ever told them how. So we don't want to, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, uh, but <laughs> With a whole another other conversation, okay? Right. But I'm gonna tell you the truth, okay? Is that we need to let, so when I say let some stuff go, it's not let it go and forget about it. It's just, there were beliefs at the time and I'm not saying that Margaret Sanger was not a raving racist because she may have been, I don't know her. But I can say that based on the information that may have been available to her at that time, Okay. And when she talked to going into black churches and talking about this, this abortions were started for rich white women to rid themselves when they no longer, when it was no longer cool to have children. It just wasn't publicized. Okay. Rich white women. You think abortion it was expensive. You think black women run around getting abortions? No, that's why they had 21 kids. Are you kidding me? How were black women in the same time frame having 21 kids and white women having two and three? What do you think was going on? What do you think was happening? Okay, we didn't develop the procedure. Why would they, if we were their cash cow, their workers, their abilities, why, why were they trying, they wouldn't have tried to limit our production. Think about it. They wanted to limit their own. Because mm. we were workers. We were a commodity. Yep. We were something to be had. We were okay? currency. That's why we breed cows. We were currency. Yep. So you need more currency. Okay. So, so, so don't let, don't let what looks like it on the surface. I need people to start digging a little bit deeper. Okay. I am not saying again, I will say it again before people come for me. Cause I know some black folks. Well, Mark. Chris Sanger was a racist. She developed Planned Parenthood. Let me tell you, you know, who told us that? Who told us Margaret Sanger was a racist and that she wanted to exterminate the black community. Who told us that? White folks who suddenly got on their high horse because they found religion and they decided that we needed to, you know, that, that, they, that we needed to believe that, you know, so that we could again feel less than. See, they took us out of physical chains, but they didn't take us out of mental ones. Right. We have to do that ourselves. We have got to break the chains. So we've got to break the chain that tells young girls, if you have sex, you're a hoe, and therefore you should have sex again and again and again. Okay. That's, that's a lie. That is a myth. Okay. That is a lie and a myth. And we need to stop telling young girls that. Okay. We need to stop telling, because we don't tell young boys that. Okay. So we need to stop telling young girls that. Okay. We need to stop telling young girls that you are somehow less than because you have a child. I will tell you the truth. It will be harder, but it can be done. You know how I know it can be done? Cause I'm here. Okay, so you can get degrees, you can get an education, you can do everything you want to do. You can raise successful black men. I have three boys, one, two, three. And let me tell you something to, to all the white people out there to say what happens in the black community and what single mothers can and can't do. Because yes, I did educated with degrees, bachelor's degrees. I had my first baby at 15. Don't tell me what I can't do. 
okay? Do not tell me what I cannot do or what I'm not capable of doing. Three college-educated children, okay? I know some white folks that can't say that. Oops. Married, two-family household, the whole nine yards. Let me tell you what, what they can't say. I have three young black men that don't have a criminal record. Oops. Ooh, shots fired. They don't have never been in trouble. Shots fired. <laughs> they don't have babies out of wedlock. Shots fired. Okay. So let me tell you about what I can do. So yes, we do take care of our families and you know what? We do it damn well. But if you think for a minute that I don't sit in my happily married state right now and think how much better it would have been if he had been around back then, where would I be now if I had known how to love myself enough to find a man that loved me for me? And I don't say that this wasn't impossible with black men. I just didn't, I hadn't found one yet. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you that my children are out there. So to all those young women that have young girls, let me tell you, I got three boys that were raised right. Okay. Girl, listen, that I got a daughter that's 19 in college. You know, I'm saying there are girl, there are there are young men out there that are doing the right thing, that are not making babies, that are not criminals, that are not doing bad things, that are responsible, that are kind, that are gentle, that love children, that love families, that love animals. There are black men out there that are capable of doing this. So as black women, I want to say, stop perpetuating the myth that black men, and, and I would challenge, and I'm a shot, fire one more shot, but I'm going to fire this one at my sisters. There's a couple of things. One, your son is not your husband. Stop making him the man of the house. Okay? Gee, I'm, oh, I'm going to just, I'm girl, just put it out. I'm about to throw my shoe over okay? my, my shoe in the bullshit. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. Your son is not your husband. Stay stop with making your him the man son of the house. is That's not your one. husband. He is not, okay? Not. Number two, okay? Mm -hmm. Number two, you chose his daddy. Stop making his daddy enemy of the state, okay? Stop it, I say. Number two, number two, number two. Stop say it again, say it again. Daddy, number two, okay? You chose his daddy. Stop making him enemy of the state, okay? Woo! Number three, number three, to my sisters, and this one can go to, to all, but to my sisters, because that's who I'm most, most invested in. Stop putting your business on social media. Stop. Stop degrading our community. Stop degrading black men. Stop degrading all this stuff and putting it on social media. Stop. Okay? Because if your mama didn't raise you better than that, I'm going to let you in on some secrets. Okay? Oh, I'm going to let you in on some secrets. Okay? Stop putting it and stop. So stop. If your baby daddy, if your baby daddy ain't doing what he's supposed to do, guess what? You chose him. You chose him because he was cute, because he was this, because he was that, because it whatever, whatever. But let me tell you something. He is still 50% of that child. You're, that is 50% of who your child is. So you are screwing up your child's head. Yeah. Okay. You know, because you're telling them half of them isn't good enough. Half of them is not good enough. Okay. So, so. They, those shots were fired directly. See, because people always say how we talk about what, what other people did and how we're oppressed and what's outside of our community. I'm going to fire the shot right in my own community. So, sir, I got your back. Right. I will hold it down for you. I will help you. I will support you. I will give you advice. I will do research. I will do whatever I can to help you get ahead. But we have to stop perpetuating the myth. We have to stop being, and I'm, I'm going to let Elle, because I know Elle can, can take this one. We have to stop being that self-fulfilling prophecy. We have got to stop prophesying that negative thing over our own life and over our own community. We have got 
to and so as black women these four women that these four women that i'm so happy to be connected with i'm gonna be sending some friend requests around by the way um so happy to be connected with you guys but he Here's what I want to say. We have got to make each other accountable. We are. So men will tell you in a heartbeat, I am my brother's keeper. Guess what? My sisters, I am your keeper. And so I'm not the friend that's going to tell you you look good when you don't. I'm not the friend that's going to let you walk out looking like looking crazy. Okay. I'm not the friend that's going to tell you that running behind that trifling man is what you should do. I'm not going to tell you you should go fight that other woman because he's trying to step out over there. I'm not, I'm not that friend. And I've lost some of my sisters because I'm not that friend. Me too. I'm the friend that's going to tell you this. I'm the friend that's going to tell you this. Girlfriend, that outfit is inappropriate. You are somebody's mother. Go act like it. Okay. (laughs) I am that friend that will tell you. Okay. (laughs) I am that friend that will tell you that he is trifling. He is not doing nothing. Why do you think he's not taking care of the others? Why do you think he's going to take care of yours? Okay. I'm that friend. That will, but see, I'm that friend that will pick you up off the floor when you're crying, okay? And I will hold you and I will rock you and I will help you through it, okay? But I'm also that friend that when you turn around and you go back to that same negative situation, see, it's not that I'm too good for you. It's that you need to hit your own bottom. You need to find your own, your own end to that situation. Because, and when you do, and when you do, I'll be there again. Exactly. I'll be there again with open arms and an open heart, ready to receive you, ready to help you. But I will not stand by and let you and, 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 and co-sign your right. bad behavior. I right. will not stand by and co-sign your abusive relationship. I will not smile in your face when I know he's kicking you behind the door. Ooh. I will not do that. I will not do that. I will be that friend, but I'm that friend. I'm not a fair weather friend. I'm not good when it's looking good and gone when it's not. I'm not that friend that says, well, girl, you know, but you got to take care of those kids. So you don't have to go back to him. I'm not that friend. I'm not that friend. So if that's what you're looking for, and I'll tell you that in business too. I, I coach people in business when I support them in their businesses and I tell them all the time, that's a mess. I'm not, no, we're not doing that. So understand something, it carries over into every aspect of my life. Mm -hmm. And so I lose friends, I don't care because I'll still be here. I'll still be here. I'll still be here to support you. I'll still be here to welcome you. I'll still be here to love you. I will love you through it, okay? But I'm not gonna co-sign your bad behavior. I'm not gonna co-sign your negative activities. And I did, I fired three big shots into my, two my sisters, I fired them, I threw them out there, okay? I threw them out there. Your son is not your husband. Stop making your son the man of the house. You can ask my children today. You know what I told them? You can be the man of the house. You just can't be the man of my house. I know. Okay, you can be the man of the house, but you can't be the man of my house. So if you want to be the man of the house, you need to go get a house. Okay, that's number one. Number two, your husband is not your your husband, your baby daddy, your children's father, whatever term you're comfortable with, is not the enemy of the state. Okay. You chose him, find a way, dig deep, find a way to do it with him, not against him, not in spite of him, okay? And number three, get your business off social media. Don't be damning people on social media. Don't be cursing people out. Don't be acting stupid. Don't be acting crazy because your children will see that. So your children see more than what you think they see. 
So they see how you act. They see how you purport. They see how you carry yourself. They see how you interact with other people. If you are the, I don't have, I don't have, I have my stepdaughter. I don't have a daughter of my own. I would teach, I teach her the same thing. I would teach any female that's in my midst. I adopt children all the time. Be careful what you put out. That is what you will get back. So if you put out negative vibes, if you put out negative behavior, if you do this, and let me tell you something, it is okay to wait. And the man that is for you will wait. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that everybody don't have sex. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not living in some high horse where people don't have sex. I'm not, I, please, please. What I'm saying is when you're ready is ample time, whatever that time is. If that's six months of getting to know somebody, if that's, I want to be married first, whatever you, whatever's good for you is fine. And the man that is for you will be okay with that. And you, we have to get okay with accepting that. We don't have to feel pressure to be in relationships we're not ready for, have children we're not ready for, have, have lifestyles that we don't want, okay? I'm a country girl. Grew up in New York City. Grew up in Bed-Stuy. I mean, I have family in Bed-Stuy. So, L, I see you. Okay. So, I'm, I'm, you know, but I'm a country girl at heart. My father's family's from New Orleans. I like the country. I live on a ranch. I live on an 80-acre ranch. I have horses and chickens and dogs. Oh, my. Okay, I'm not your average, I'm not a city girl, but that doesn't mean that I'm less than or that I want something different or that I'm not. I see Elle sitting there and I can, I can lift her up. Girlfriend is fly, okay? That dress she's wearing, that dress, is, that dress is amazing. And I know it's a dress and I know she's got on heels. I love the jewelry, I love all of that. And I can admire all of that in you and say it's not me. And as black women, I wanna challenge us to do all of that. I want us to love our sisters that are darker and say you are beautiful because i gotta tell you there's some models running around right now that are that are that are the color of my mouse and let me tell you girlfriend i'm looking at you like damn i need some melanin you're mute yeah. Yeah. Okay. all right i muted it again um but i sorry about that but i need some of that and i think that i want other people to know that we can, so we can embrace our sisters from light, light. Cause my mama was one of those, my mama was one of those high yellow girls. My mama was one of those high yellow girls. Mine too. And the, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she wanted, she wanted a brown baby. So she went out and found, my daddy is this color. She went out, she was, she was on a mission. Okay. She knew that if she was gonna have a baby, she wanted it to be with his own. Now my parents didn't work out and I'm sure they have their story. They, their story was their own. My mother has since passed. Um, but I will tell you that I'm grateful for a few things. I'm grateful that my mother and my father always found enough love for each other to love me first. I'm grateful. I am grateful. I am grateful. And I think that we, I want to encourage young black women to do that. If you, if this is the, you know, if, if you chose the wrong person for the wrong reasons, that's youth and a mistake. But you can still encourage without being with, without taking abuse, without whatever, you can still encourage him to be a good father. You can, you can encourage him. You could be the catalyst in making him a great man. And he may not be a great man for you, but he may be great for somebody else. And that's okay. Can you say that? That is okay. Dion, <laughs> we plead, let me tell you something. Because uh, I became a father's rights advocate and I didn't grow up with my dad. Like, I didn't, like, single mom. But can we stay, like, but so that's why I'm a co-parenting mediator. That's why I'm a co-parenting coach. 
because I found out that you don't have to be in a good relationship just to be a good parent because even married people are bad parents, right? You know, or not good parents together. You have to be a co, I have to co-parent with my husband and regardless of what's going down in our relationship, our parenting relationship is something different. And you hit that thing on the nail. Like he may not be a good boyfriend, husband, whatever to you, sis, but best believe if you move out of his way, he can be a good father to his children. Believe me, I'm not saying what I read in a book. I'm saying what I have seen happen. You ain't got to lie and put his name on the birth certificate. He will go down there himself and sign up and put his name on every baby that's his without any prompting if you just back up and say, okay, let me let you. And I think that is so critical. I mean, we're talking about abortion, which kind of takes the, the, the decision-making choice legally away from the father, right? They got to go through a lot um, to really make their rights stand when it comes to abortion because, you know, it's the women's body thing. However, however, they do have rights. And, and, and believe me when I tell you, there, there are cases on the books right now of men who have A, either fought for their father's rights, um, or they've said, listen, she made this decision by herself, and I wasn't a part of it, so don't come for me with them child support papers. So there, there's, two, there's two sides of this coin, and when you make a choice, whatever that choice is, there are ripples in that water because you have made a decision for the other people in that mix. You're not just making a decision for you. You're making a decision for your children, your, your mother, your father, all the extended family. Now, we all got to be a part of what you decided to create. And that is so, like, you should see me sitting down mediating with these people who didn't like each other, but you had sex with each other. I said it. You don't even know each other. You don't, sis, you don't know his favorite color nor his last name. But you didn't, okay. Bruh, you just saw her backside. You didn't even see her front side. You don't even know. And now you have a new little human being. Okay, so, and I, I mean, I, I'm not going there because that'll take me all over. Dion, you tried to, you tried to trick me. Um, Dion tried to trick me and put me somewhere. But I'm just saying she hit on such a critical point about the family because mm -hmm. that's what, again, that billboard was, was targeted at, as black women as heads, as taking care of their family. So now, you know, we got to talk about the composition of the black family. Now yep. we have to talk about why the black family is composed the way it is. Now we have to talk about the blended um, black family because Lord knows we got all of those dynamics going on and you hit the nail on the head. When you pick, sis, number two on Dion's list, you picked them. You picked to go, you went down and dirty with homeboy. You wasn't hardly tripping 
about nothing going on up in that camp until he couldn't pay child support. Okay, I okay. So let's not let's 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 chill and let's really be, you know, let's think about that little person who didn't ask to be here, who is now here looking up at you guys, looking up. Cause and and trust me when I tell you, you need both your parents. I don't care what they are, you need them both. You need them both. Mm -hmm. I don't care what they are, good, bad, indifferent, positive, negative, because you'll always have a parent size hole. Um, for whatever's not there. And so I just I just high five her um for all of those shots. You know, we got more liquor shots that we could blow <laughs> Sophia up on here. Um between the four of us. But certainly that part I think is key. That the core of the family, it it's not cookie cutter. Okay. It's not one stop shot. It's not if it's not like this, it's not right. We all again, all of that, we charge that to freedom. You know, put your family together how you want to put your family together. Sophia, you hit on something earlier I didn't mention. Like, right, I go to work. My husband runs he runs the, listen, I couldn't do what I do. Right. If it wasn't for the husband that I got. And he thug his ruggish, but listen, he's rough and top. Don't get, let's not get it twisted. Oh, but sure. we sat down and said, how are we going to parent? How are we going to run our house? How does our family look? It looked like you're going to go do this and I'm going to do this. Right. I'm support you I don't mind playing the back but he's still the head of the household checkmate right because <laughs> everything got his name on it oh okay yeah right yeah right yeah, yeah. successful successful six-figure making Range Rover driving degree having submissive wife absolutely I'm trying to tell you yeah <laughs> and listen and listen my husband don't have no problem telling me look when I come in the house trying to do something don't touch my laundry don't touch my laundry. I, I got a, I got a system, ma'am. Go, go coach your clients. <laughs> go, 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 go live on Facebook or Periscope or whatever you're going to go do. Busy yourself. People like, sus, don't touch my laundry. Don't you go in that kitchen. Don't you do nothing. You go live your purpose. I understand. And we, and it works so well when we play our positions. It flows. So I thank you for, for saying that because it's like I got emotional early and it, it, and it just comes and he has no problem. Listen, my husband is six, six, three, 219 pounds. And he has no problem letting you know that he's from Miami-Dade County where they do things and chunk your ass in the Everglades. Look, he ain't got no problem, but he, he is a father and he, he's a husband first and a father next and he's a man of God and all that stuff. And he, he don't got no problem getting in the kitchen. He don't got no problem doing laundry. He ain't got no problem taking care of his household. He ain't got no problem going out and get it when he got to go get it. But so I don't understand where this, this misconception comes from that our men don't want to be men and our men don't want to be family men on top of being men. So that just took, that statement that you made, Elle, that took me there. But what I wanted to say, and then I'm going to throw it to Nisi because Nisi has been noticeably quiet. Um, yeah, you, I see you. But um, 
what I want to say about having the children with a man you don't know and, and um, then not letting him be a father, have the opportunity to be a father, because you are right. Once that billboard is up, it does ha- make us have to address the other issues in our community. And the next one is that, that thing called child support. Oh, my. It's, it's not a weapon. Oh my! It should not be used as weapon. So I guess now it's my turn to fire shots. So just let let me go ahead on and do it. Um, since Dion opened up the floor, um, she loaded the gun. Now I'm gonna shoot it. But it's not a weapon. It should not be used as weapon. It child support is for the child. It, it hence the name child support. It is for support of the child. It is not hairdo support. It is not nail support. It is not club support. It is not mall support or flea market support. Wherever it is you want to go do. It's, it's not um, T-Mobile, Verizon, Metro PCS, Cricket, or whomever you have your service with Boost, whatever. When Nextel had the Chirp Chirp, it's not Chirp Chirp support. It is for the support of the child. So the fact that it is most of the time, because some women do, but is most of the time that from the people that I know, and let me just say that has not been used for the support of the child that's that's despicable so on top of that you spend the child a little money that they get and then ask the man to do more when let's just say the majority of black men are incarcerated or cannot be gainfully employed because those who are in hiring positions won't hire them because of this um, because of this, uh, whatever that is that we make them out to be in the media. And that goes back to Dion's point, because a lot of people wouldn't even have the perception of black men that they do if you wouldn't put in your business on Facebook or whatever the, you, it is you put in them. I get it. The media is partially responsible, but you know what goes on in your own house. And you know, the man would be there if you weren't making it a requirement for him to bring money every time he comes. At the end of the day, the child needs a father. And I am truly a proponent of, you never seen a righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. So your child gonna eat. Your child gonna eat. Cause one thing I learned in my younger days when I, cause I had, I had, I have three children, three young adult people, that came out of my body and a pot of grits will go a long way. A pot of rice will go a long way. Some black eyed peas or, or some other kind of some season it with a little meat, hold back a little meat for the next meal. It's a way to do it. So it's not a requirement that every time he comes around that he has cash in hand. It's not a requirement. What is required is that he comes and takes that child and, 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 souls into that child whatever it is that whatever is within him that is like Beyonce half of that child so they can feed that half of that child so that child knows where it is that he came from and where it is that he is possible for him to go because without knowing the mistakes that that man made how is that child going to know how to avoid those pitfalls if he isn't able to talk to somebody who had that pitfall firsthand so I just think this whole money thing, because tr- truth be told, you're getting food stamps, probably. 
not everybody, but you're getting food stamps and you're probably getting what whatever the other thing called when they give you the money. Um, I don't know what the, the, the name of it. It used to be it used to be um AFDC back in the day, way back in the day. I don't know what they call it now. Girl cash assistance, TANF. Yeah, TANF is what they call it now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you're getting all of that. I I think they got a cap on it now because like I had my my last baby was born in two thousand two. So um and girl them food stamps was a help. I'm just saying, I wish I could get me some now. But what I'm saying is that don't always require the man to come cash in hand because his life experience would take that child so much further. It would take that child so much further. Because not to say a mother cannot teach her man, her her son how to be a black man in America, but somebody who lived it firsthand that can navigate it. I'm gonna can- tell you that we can't teach our son to be our sons to be black men and black women. We need to stop perpetuating that lie. Well, right. we can raise them. them we can the nurture them. Right. right. But what I'm saying is. I'm grateful for the time that my, my children's father was in prison, that my dad and my brothers were, were around there to and they step up. active and participatory yep. role and my uncles were around and those kinds of things. But yeah. we need, we as a community also need to stop perpetuating that myth. But you said something else and I just want to really quick, cause I really do want to hear from Nisi. You said, let them take them. And here's something I would challenge black women to do. Not just let them take them truly co-parent. Yeah, no, and what I'm saying, have what a mean meal once a let week them with go. the father of your children. Mm-hmm. But, but what I'm saying, no, let them go. Yeah, but yeah. also be an active participant. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. one, you may discover a few things. One, the person you're demonizing may not be as bad as you think they are. Absolutely. Okay. That's number one. Number two, your children will learn about adult behavior. About what sometimes you, you got to push some stuff down. Girl, I'm falling out. Girl. And do something Girl. for the good of the good of someone else. Okay? Mm-hmm. You got to you got to learn sometimes cuz how to how to how to how to put it away and deal with the situation. And that's a good life lesson cuz uh. everything doesn't need to be dealt with in the moment. Okay? So that's a good life lesson. And you create a united front. And then what you're doing is you're allowing that child to feel whole. Yep. You're not making them feel as though they have to do this with mom right. and this with dad and that they are somehow divided. You can actually find a way to make them feel complete. If, you're, if your spouse lives out of state and there's a transition, maybe they're going with dad for the summer. So tell dad, come into town, spend two or three days. Let's just go to dinner. Let's go to an amusement park, somewhere where we don't have to necessarily communicate, but where we can create a united front and i would challenge black women so here's the the la, my last shot embrace embrace the new mother embrace the stepmother embrace the whatever bring look i have more power over you when i know you right. than i do when i don't okay so, so my children's father went on he married he married her and i call her my baby mama because sonia was a godsend she made him a better father before he was she made him a better father she made him more active she made him more involved and let me tell you something else she did when he was in prison and i was now a single mother i was struggling and let me tell you just because you're not with baby daddy doesn't mean you're single if daddy's trying to be there you are single and you are a mother you are not necessarily a single mother when i think of a single mother i think of someone who has no other support there is no daddy in the picture that's when you're a single mom you are not a single mom if daddy is active participatory paying child support doing his visitation whatever you are a single woman that is a mother let me just make that let me clear let me clarify that let me let me make that line for you but also 
Sonia, when my kid's father was in prison and I was just having a hard time emotionally, Sonia got in her car with her now, with her husband, her, her, they, her and baby daddy had gotten divorced. She remarried mm. and picked up my kids and said, it's the summertime. We're going to give you a break. Now, they had six kids all together with all their, you know, whatever. They came and got my three, okay, and put them with their three. So let me tell you what we can do. We shout can change co-parenting, and we can change it. We can ch- shout out to Sonia because that's my girl. Um, to this day, birthdays, holidays, whatever, grandbabies, the kids are having kids. Just a, we're like, no, that's my baby mama. The kids. So let me tell you what the kids do. The kids, her kids. Now, she was with him after me there was another one there's there's three baby mamas and there's kids and let me tell you something you know what the kids say moms because they feel like they have moms across the board because we figured out that if we stayed connected the kids could stay together and we could take care of our children and what it did was it put him in a position where one he couldn't pit us against each other because we were talking Okay, so there was no overlap, no drama, no, 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 nothing. Then what it also did was it made it easier for him to transition when he got out of prison back into the lives of his children. Because we were like, look, you messed up. You've got some explaining to do. I don't have to answer to that for you. You have to answer to them for that. I can't, I can't even begin to explain. But we have got to find a way in our community to co-parent better. She is not the enemy. You don't. First of all, if you're saying he's no good and now she, she's with him, you know him. You know him. So what do you think he's telling her? That's a man thing. That's not a, that's not a black man thing. That's a man thing. What do you think he's telling her? So, so whatever you fell for, she's falling for. So instead of making her an enemy of the state by proxy, embrace her. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. If you think she's the enemy... You have to realize the influence, the time, and the, the, the experience that your children are going to have when they're with her. So, so let me be unequivocally clear. Sonia was like, she was terrified to meet me because she knew I was a mother hen and she knew I was like, I'm like a lion. And she was like, do not. She, she, and I was like, no, honey, I want to know you. I want to be all up in your business. You know why? Because you're going to have access to my children. And before you can put influence over my children, before you can speak, speak anything into their lives. I want you to know that I'm watching. And the easiest way to do that is to smile and get to know you. And what developed out of that was a relationship. And so I would encourage people to stop hating on the person that maybe, because we talked about earlier, she might be better for him. He might be better for her. They might be happy. It happens. You didn't date anybody before that you're like, oh my God, what was I thinking? And now you're in a different place and you're like, oh my God, this is different, but that's a person that they need. They need that person, that person might, you know, whatever that is. And it's okay. And it's okay to, instead of hating them and berating them, she's not going to do this. She's not going to do that. When you're mad at her, cause how she did your baby's hair, think about something. He was sitting right there. So your argument is not with her. She is not the parent of that child. Your argument is not with her. You may not like it. You may not approve. You may not whatever, but your argument is with him. And then for those women out there who I told you, your son is not your, your son is not your husband. Stop making him the man of your house. Stop co-signing his bullshit. Excuse my language. Stop co-signing his mess. If 
he's not treating her right. I told my kids straight up from the word go, you get some girl pregnant at 16 until DNA says otherwise, you are the father in this house and you will act accordingly. You will treat her with respect. You will treat her with respect. If her parents throw her out in the street, she will not be homeless. She will live here. Your butt will be sleeping on a couch. Okay. She will have a bedroom with a door that she can close. Do not give me until DNA says otherwise, you are the father. And I will not have you being disrespectful, Miss Trina. She's not a hoe because she wasn't a hoe when you were trying to get there. She's oh not any of those things. Don't, don't. So, so you need to, we, we have a responsibility if we've now had children and we have, and we are single, you know, we are single parents. Like I said, my, mine went to prison. I was a single parent. I was by myself. You, we have to stop perpetuating that myth and letting our boys and black women Y'all are good for this. And white women too, but black women, I'm talking to you because you're my community. Stop co-signing this mess. Stop mm-hmm. co-signing this mess. You know that baby looks just like him. You know that baby looks just like him. Girl, get the DNA test. Get the DNA test. And get don't the go DNA on test. Get his don't name on the birth certificate. Don't go on, Maury. No, you can do this privately, but right. get, your, get your DNA test. Get your, get your proof, get your stuff in alignment and take care of your grandchild and take care, pour into that. Children need, just like we say, children need their mother and their father. You know what else they need? They need, they need their, their grandparents. Absolutely. They need a further lineage. They need their oral history. They need that experience. Do not deny your, and don't deny your children the experience of their, of their other grandparents on the other side or their aunts and uncles that may want to be driving forces and inspirations in their life. Find a way. It's not easy find a way. And I just, I really just, this is so near and dear to me that it's like, y'all, we got to stop. We got to stop. We got, we have to stop because if we own it and we say, no, we're not going to, because the media can perpetuate what they want. Eventually it looks stupid when it doesn't match what's happening. Right. right? When it doesn't, when it doesn't match what you see, it's like, then we can call fake news, but we can't call fake news when we perpetuate it. Okay. When we perpetuate, it when we feed into it when we give into it so you know just just stop find a way to co-parent it's not easy it's not easy mm-hmm. but i'll tell you right now to this day the father of my children i don't like him at all but i love that man i love that man because i love those boys Amen. i love those boys and i can't hate him and love them because right. he is a part of them so again, I can't hate him and love them because at some point on some subconscious level, they are going to think I hate them too. Yep. And that is not fair. That is not, that is an undue pressure. And that is a scar that I created as their mother, that I created. And I refuse. I refuse. So to Eric, my baby daddy, I joke that's a joke because we never refer to each other as that. We always say my baby daddy. I love that man. I don't like him. But he gave me the greatest gifts. He gave me the greatest gifts. And I love those boys. And I love the men they've become. Okay. So I will also tell you it's okay to parent your children. You don't have to be friends. You can be friends with them when they're grown. I ain't your friend right now. And I'll tell my boys in a heartbeat today at 24, at 24, 28, and 29, I'm not your friend. I'm your mother. I'm not your friend. <laughs> Hold on, let me interject. We might be friendly. We might develop. <laughs> church finger. Church finger. Yeah, you girl, I went finger. there. Yeah, I went there. Listen. I'm the church finger. You look like a little itty bitty girl. 29. You heard me. Honey, black yeah. don't crack. 
I'm grateful for this DNA. Okay. I am grateful to the motherland for this DNA. And I hold that up and I'll tell people all the time. Girl, Mm -hmm. you is cute. What? (laughs) I'm looking at three other beautiful women. I'm looking at some other beautiful women. No, and I, I'm saying I'm just saying though I, you I was a, bad. I didn't even like do my hair or nothing. I'm just no, but yeah. y'all are gorgeous though. Mm-hmm. See, y'all can't see us. We're gonna have to put pictures up. Yeah, have oh, to get, yeah. get you all pictures for the for the podcast so you can Absolutely. see that I'm, I'm surrounded by beautiful women. Um, these are the four beautiful women. Um, I just want to, I just want to, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a take over for a second. Say, Nisi, I want to hear your voice. We've talked about I'm a whole lot of things. So I need you to kind of wrap up the commentary on everything you've heard and where you want to interject. Yes. Cause sweetie, I need to hear that beautiful voice. My sister, I need to hear you. And if you, and, and it's okay. I'm a big girl. I can take my shots. I know something you don't agree with. Y'all are just Because I'm not scared. I can, I can, I can take absolutely. <laughs> We's grown women's now. Yeah. Y'all, y'all are just too funny. But I, I do have two points. Specifically, uh, we as women, we perpetuate the same behaviors over and over. And sometimes I believe we, we get caught up in this male bashing, thinking it's cute, thinking it's funny. You get your friends together, you co-sign on this, you know, baby, you know, and you go through all of that drama and, and then you look up and then you look into the eyes of your child who is like, well, mama, 50% of, of me is, I mean, you do it in front of your children because I've witnessed, so don't even go there. And you look in the eyes of your child and they're looking at you like, Everything that you just said is 50% of me. Am I low life? Am I no good? Am I not ever going to be anything? Mama, you tell me. Am, am I the scum of the earth? Am I going to be just like my daddy? Because I, every time you, you look at me, you see him. We've got to stop, number one, first thing. Get our own freaking act together, ladies. We slept with him. It was so good then. When you decide you want to open up your mouth against that child's father, you think of that moment when it was so good and you correct, you self-correct yourself and you speak good about that man because what you put out there in the atmosphere, sisters, is exactly what you're going to get. So before you start tearing down that man that you gave it up out of both pant legs, raise up your dress, squatted, whatever you did in the backseat of that car, check yourself. It took two to make it. You was willing to give a half. He was willing to give a half. Now you have this beautiful child there. Check yourself, your funky ass attitude, and get it together when it comes to this man that you laid with and the beautiful child that you created together. That's our number one responsibility. I know we have taken feminism and we've turned it inside out so it means a whole bunch of unhealthy things and we just got all beside ourselves because we out there we making the bacon and bringing it home and we frying it up and we doing all this other stuff but but I firmly believe and I'm I'm 55 I've got kids I've got grandkids I've been married twice I'm on my third husband I never knew that a marriage could be this good but I had to check myself and position myself so that God would bless me with somebody I would appreciate and not, well, anyway, I'll go on. That's another topic. We'll have to do another conversation. But my whole point was 
when we get to the point where we will start accepting responsibility for the decisions we make, we start accepting responsibility that, yes, I chose that man. And even in the case of abortion, we decide to go ahead and have that child, accept responsibility to raise and nurture and make sure that that child's life and future is number one in our view. Yes, we do need to have some girl time and self-care, but when it comes to making sure that child's got, we go without, right? If we need to stay up all night because we're getting our degree and, and making our money and doing all of the, that child is our responsibility and comes first. And when a man wants to take the time and a man wants to be a part of that child's life and that man wants to come pick them up on the weekend and the man wants to go get their haircut and the man wants to do all of these things, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth and let that man be a man. Shut your mouth and let him do for his child. Shut your mouth. Close it. Stop drawing your girlfriends because they ain't got an opinion about what goes on in the life of that child and the life of your... Shut up. I'm sick of hearing about it. But that brings me to my second point. I am my sister's keeper. And like Dion, I am responsible to, to come to my sister in love and say, now look, you know good and well that that wasn't right. You know good and well. You don't need to be putting that on social media. Now, I ain't going to blast you on, on your public post, but I'm going to come, I'm going to hit you up in your inbox. And I'm going to say, sister, you are a lady. Would you get your butt up out the air? Would you, would you stop showing all your hindquarters on your, take some self-respect and some dignity. You want self-respect, right? You want people to treat you like a lady. You want people to respect your mind. You want people to look at you and, and go, man, she's amazing. Not because of her breasts, her hips, her butt, her fingertips and her cute nails. You want them to respect you, right? You want to respect yourself. You want them not to have their mouth all in your business. So don't put it out there for them to have an opinion. You want them to respect how you're raising your children, right? So don't bash the man, uh, the father of that child on social media because everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's going to have something to say about something. It doesn't matter. So when you open yourself up by, put, by making a statement, that man ain't nothing. Well, you lay with him. He was good for something. Okay, if it wasn't for five minutes, he was good for that. And if it wasn't good, that's on you. But that's another story. Okay, but let's start being our sister's keeper. Not every woman out there is backbiting, trying to steal your man and trying to hate on you. Not every woman. We are supporting. That's 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 been the problem. How other people see black women because they think that we are just, you know, you know, I'm this bitch with this funky attitude and I'm rolling my neck and I'm doing all these things that they stereotype us into into thinking into seeing and that kind of thing. We're, we're so much not that at all. We are loving. We are nurturing. We are kind to each other. But what happens is when you get a few because, you know, we're sprinkled throughout who are negative and they're they're selfish and they're you know pointing fingers and it, and it divides us 
as women, as black women, it divides us. So remember the time when our mothers and our grandmothers and our great grandmothers, we were helping each other out in the in the yard, you know, pulling cotton and doing all of these things and taking whips and birthing babies. And, and if my breasts weren't producing milk here, my sister, I've got some milk in my breast. You can nurse your baby here. I've got you. Don't worry about it. We're going to take care of each other. We've got to get back to that. We've got to get back to that. And I'm going I'm to say this and I'm going to be done. Um, I dated this guy. Oh, he was cute. Oh, he was fine. Oh, just rock my world. And then he just kind of dropped me and I didn't hear from him. And the last place I knew that he lived, I went over there. I, I was at a low place anyway. I went over there to his house and I knocked on his apartment door. And this beautiful black woman came to the door and I was taken aback. And I asked for the guy and she said, oh, he's not here right now. Would you like to come in? He's probably on his way back. That was his wife. I did not know that he had a wife. I mean, I knew he had a wife, but they were divorced, separated, gone, they're separated. He was still with that woman the whole time that he was with me because I'd been in that house. And you know, when you're in that house, you're looking for signs that I didn't see no sign. But listen, the whole point was, this woman was beautiful. Her personality, her spirit was so loving and so kind. I didn't have the heart to tell her that I was sleeping with her husband. I didn't have the, the heart to hurt her. So I had to set myself down. And I lied and said, oh, I'm looking for his cousin because, you know, me and his cousin, we ran around, girlfriends kind of thing. But I realized then that women are not my enemy. Women are not my enemy. And if we would stop hating on other women and stop hating on each other and just stop for a moment to see the beauty that we have, not just physical beauty, but our heart and our soul and our nurturing uh, ability and our kindness and our love that we have for each other, then we will get past all of this other mess that is of no consequence at the end of the day. It is, it is not. I don't care what you look like. I can lift you up and support you and surround you. Honestly, sincerely, not, not trying to get something from you, but just love you and nurture you and support your dreams and, and cheerlead for you and be there for you and wipe your tears when you're hurting and tell you it's going to be all right. You had a letdown. You had a setback, but it's okay, sister. You're going to rise. Because I've been there and I know we got to get back to being our sister's keeper. And then we can start rewriting the narrative on abortion. We can start rewriting the narrative on, on what it is to submit to a good man. What it, what it means to let a man be a man and take care of the family and take care of his children. We can start rewriting the narrative on how society sees our, our families as a whole. We can start changing things when we really become our sister's keeper. I'm done. Well, you sure brought the heat. <laughs> you were sitting over there quiet so as Kevin. She finished it with a bang. Right. That's what my she finished with a bang. <laughs> I, I'm clutching my imaginary pearls. I'm, su <laughs> I'm surprised I got any left. Okay. We'll all just clutch L's. L's got enough stuff on. We can all just clutch L's. We'll clutch L's we'll clutch under her. But yes, y'all. But yes, y'all. We, we are our sisters.
sister's keepers. I think that I want to say that we are our sister's mm -hmm. keepers. And I think that one, if I'm, I'm not, I know I'm connected with you, Sophia. I want to connect with you, Elle and Nisi. Um, and I think that what I do want y'all to know is that we, we are. And we have, you're right, we have to change the narrative. We, ha we are responsible to change the narrative. I, I, I just, y'all have been an inspiration. I'm all fired up now. I want to go, like, go change the world or something today. I know, right? Let folks know. And this, so this started from a conversation about abortion. But yes, but right. we, we have to recognize that when we talk about abortion, Abortion is an end, is a, is a, is a point on the line right. of, of decisions and, and things. And when we talk about abortion as self-care, I, I just want to be clear that that's a decision that's being made a, at a point where someone hasn't done anything for self-care. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that when, I, when I'm clear, when I say I am, I tell people I'm pro-choice and anti-abortion, and they tell me all the time that I'm crazy because you can't be both. And I'm like, I, I, I'm clear on right. what's going on in my head. I am pro-choice, anti-abortion. Right. Um, but more importantly than that, abortion is not about self-care. And I don't like it being, being lumped in with those things in the spirituality. I didn't like that Black women take care of their families. Here's what I want you to know. Black women and Black men take care of their families. When you're talking about abortion, that is an end result. That is a last-ditch effort to save a situation. So self-care for me is talking to young girls about caring about their bodies, about self-respect. It's about making sure that we instill self-esteem in our community, that we let little Black boys see people like Barack Obama, like Andrew Gilliam down in Florida, it is that we perpetuate what we want them to see and we lift those black men that are doing the right thing. We right. lift those black men that are raising family. I'm not a big P. Diddy fan as far as his music goes, but I will tell you, I will give you props. He has done something right. Okay. Because he has six kids with three different women. And you know what? None of that is in the news. Uh, Let's talk right. about it. If they had brief skirmishes, but it's not, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Al. No, what I wanted to add on P. Diddy, let's be clear. He has no wives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he right. has three baby mm -hmm. mamas. And he adopted one of the baby mm -hmm. mamas' child, other child from another. So that's a blend okay. on top of a blend with no, with no marriage in sight. And this man said, but I'm a father, though. I'm just saying, go ahead. Hey, from New York, uh -huh. shout out. And we need to. Yeah, he's from New York. So, you know, got to give my shout out. But what I'm talking about is saying that he has, he has run his home in a way that there is co-parenting. Right. He's got time with his kids. He, he, his kids are with him. He took his girls, dressed his girls up and took them to the Kentucky yep. Derby. Yep. He dressed his daughters and took them to the Kentucky Derby. What I, I'm not saying that that's like a pinnacle because it's a, it's a white. What I'm saying is, is that he's done something that they say doesn't happen. He has not right. hit his, his three girls are the same age. Oh, three girls, but, same but, age. That means right. two people were pregnant at the same time. Okay. That means two people were pregnant at the same time. Okay. So there may have been drama going on, but he figured out a way to keep one. Then there was some hubbub, but there was not a lot of his image or his stuff being drugged through the news. Let me tell you something. Somebody else talked about something about who the images we pick up. Everybody is not Beyonce. Everybody is not Jay-Z. Stop letting that be what 
you're trying to get to. We can't all floss like that. We are not all worth multiple hundreds of millions of dollars, okay? We are not all, we are not all Dr. Dre who figured out, Dr. Dre, say what you want, he's a businessman. That man turned around, made some headphones and made multiple million, billions of dollars, okay? So let's not talk about that. Let's not, talk, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that the couples that I look up to are that aunt and uncle that have been together for 45 years and they will tell you all the time it has not always been good it has not always been bad you're not trying to get to the highs you're not trying to get to the lows you're just trying to stay steady in the middle okay so stop chasing something that we we that may not be in your purview you know we don't have the financial security to do it. beyonce chose to stay with her husband she didn't need to she didn't need him she didn't need him to be wealthy. She was already wealthy. She's wealthy on her own name. She drops an album in secret and it's, and, it's, and it's platinum the next day. She doesn't need him, okay? But they need each other. And so I'm not saying stay with a man that's abusive or that cheats on you. I'm not going to. I'm not saying your relationship. There are plenty of people that would, would have thought you look like Beyonce. You're not going to get cheated on. Okay? Listen, so stop thinking that you got to look a certain way. You got to have a certain thing. <laughs> Halle Berry is fine. Halle Berry's a little bit crazy, y'all. We got let's let's just let's just call well, it what yeah. it is. Halle Berry's got to be a little bit crazy because the men be running for the hills. Because the men be running for the hills. That is okay, the men be like juices. <laughs> those men, are, those men are like juices. I'm out. just call it what it is. Let's just call it what it is. But I just want you guys to know that you can perpetuate a myth, and I think that we need to stop the inner the inner dialogue and the inner racism within our own community. I have a lot of people tell me that I don't have an a, an opinion on the black experience because six years ago I married a white man. Let me tell you something: I didn't marry a white man. I married a man that treated me well. Right. Absolutely. Right. I married a man that provided for me, a man that was secure, a man that was secure in himself so that he could be supportive of me. I married a man that changed my purview and my outlook on life and let me think that my business, running my own business and building that legacy was a possibility. That is what wow. I married. I did not, I married a partner. I did not mm -hmm. marry a white man. So let me just, mm -hmm. let me just throw that out there. And to my sisters that made you, whatever you choose, don't get me wrong. I still love my chocolate brother. Others, y'all are still fine, but I just want y'all to know that that's what I did, and I, and I, and and my black experience didn't go away because I right. married a white man. It didn't go away. Listen, that's you married a man that just happened man. to I be wish white. He had been a bigger influence. I wish he could have been around my kids. He, that's just the package he came in. That, right, that's just that's, the package he came in. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. None of that, none of that was a factor. But I want to stop that inner dialogue in our community. Yeah, that says that when you do that, you're somehow you somehow don't value or respect my children are black. My daddy is black. And let me tell you, I love my daddy. Um, my, <laughs> my brothers are black and I still support my black community. Um, but I just want to, I just want to let y'all know that, you know, these the three, you know, we have four women on here that are all powerful in our own right. And I'm not going to say it like it's them and not me. We are powerful in our own right. And I can be okay with that. I can accept my own power and my own greatness and my own worthiness and still be honorable of yours, okay? I can right. lift you up. I can be honorable of what you've accomplished. I can be honorable. And you don't have to have my education. You don't have to have my anything for me to think that you are, we are equal. There is nothing different. I just went a different path and got my education different. Maybe yours was through life experience. But whatever it is, we need to be a better, we are our sister's keepers. And that's probably mm -hmm. going to become a thing for us. We are Absolutely. our sister's keepers. We are responsible for our community there was a time like like Nisi brought up when we would take care where we would nurse each other's children where we do this but here's the thing think about that think about that there was a time when we took care of each other 
There was a time when we loved on one another. There was a time when we, when we encouraged one another. So I would challenge black women today, challenge black women today, put down the anger, put down the bitterness that the white community, oh, I went there, that the white they put it in the water. Community don't worry. Tells us exists. But stop me, letting them think that we have to. Yeah, they have to stop letting them think that we have to be alone to be great, or that we can't have friends, and that we can't have sisterhood, and that we can't have love in our lives. We can have it all. We can have it all. We just have to be willing to reach out for it and to embrace it, and not just embrace the good. We got to embrace it all. I got to embrace somebody telling me, "Girl, those jeans are too tight." I got to embrace somebody telling me, girl, uh-uh, we're not doing all that. We're not, uh-uh, we're not wearing that. I need somebody to tell me all of those things. And those are the women that we need to be. And so, yes, we are our sister's keepers. We are. We just, we are. We're responsible. You know, those same mothers that she talked about with nurse, those mothers. Oh, where'd she go? All in our 40s to 50s, mm-hmm. our parents the women above them they did everything yeah put on a lap scarf do this do that we talk about the mothers in the church oh, right man. how you didn't do certain things because the mothers would come and, and pop you behind your head and they would do that. that's what your sister's keeper does so mm. put on a lap scarf on and instead of condemning ariana grande because she showed up in a dress that was too short in a black church that she's probably never been to um Maybe instead of that is say, okay, sweetie, next time, next time, mm-hmm. this is not how we dress for a funeral, okay? We are a little bit more conservative. We kind of cover some things up. Now, that does not excuse the bishop's behavior. Glad he apologized. That does not excuse what he did. It doesn't ex- ex- excuse Bill Clinton's lecherous butt sitting behind her looking like he just saw a lollipop but th- but, the but, first but, time. But, it doesn't excuse any of the other things. I'm just saying. That's what you, but, and that is why we are to be our sister's keeper to prevent. So it's, it's a circle. It's a symbiotic relationship, baby. This is why you don't wear short skirts when it's a bunch of men going to be behind you when you sing it in the pulpit, because men will look baby. Like, see, this is what it is. That, mm-hmm. This is why we have to tell our young men, you going to feel some things. You're going to think some things, but this, you need to go. Talk to your dad. He's gonna help you out, figure it out. Right? These are this is the mm-hmm. this is community. This is this that's what family is. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about family on the billboard? Let me talk about that. Like take abortion out. Yes. And even take self-care out because family is not about self-care. Family is the opposite. Family is about everybody care. So take all that. Mm-hmm. It, that's just to show how disconnected the billboard was just period that that's why we were that's why it enraged us that's why we got inflamed because it's like you say what and who that sentence don't even make no sense right exactly it doesn't because we're on this broadcast four women from four very different places in life different age groups different family compositions different walks of life on here talking about a topic and coming to a meeting of the minds, we just kept our sisters up, period. But we just did it. So now, that's it. There's, there it is. Just did it. Um, high five to everybody on here. Yep. Yep, girl. Nisi, you rock. Dion, you the bomb. Shots fire, all of that. Hashtag. Yes. And Sophia, you put it together. You rocking and rolling. We, we all dope. 
now. How about that? And we got families. Yeah. How about that? And we started off talking about a billboard about abortion. How about that? So yeah, that's the whole. To me, that's the whole point of it. That don't be saying, don't talk about stuff you don't know about. Church finger, but let me let me just interject. One last thing before I let you all go ahead and um, give your platforms where you can be found. Um, That just goes to show that a black woman can take one thing that you throw at her and turn it into so much more. That in and of itself is black girl magic. That's how we do. And this is, it's complimentary, not competition because we are all business people. And we can still come here and talk and uplift each other and make each other um, feel like their contribution mattered. Not one person bringing all the spotlight to them and we're just deferring to each other and, and complimenting each other on the points that we made and all that stuff. See, it doesn't have to be like what they show us on the media. It can be so much more. So for anybody listening, whoever listened to it, because I'm going to release this all in one episode. This is not going to be two episodes. This is all in one episode because it needs to be said and listened to in context. You got to get the meat of it. So if you made it this far, or if you had to pause it, or whatever the case may be, we thank you. We appreciate you. And now all of the ladies are going to introduce themselves again. It's the outro, I, I would say. Um tell where they can be found on social media or on their websites or whatever it is, whatever they're promoting at this time. And I would appreciate it if you follow them and go support them because as they have proved to you themselves, they are forces to be reckoned with and they are here to uplift you and, and propel you. We are the foundation. You are to be built on top of us, your children on top of you. And we are just, just building this strong tower but it takes you to reach out because we're here you got to reach out to us and come find us because all the information is here for you and we are here for it so um back in in alphabetical order dion go ahead and shout yourself out say where you can be found and what you do to help people or whatever it is y'all know how i go (laughs) Hey, everybody. My name is Dion. You can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it at It's Just Dion, I-T-S-J-U-S-T, Dion, D-I-O-N-N-E. I do own a virtual assistant staffing agency. My prime chaos and we're closer to the dollar. That is my goal and my mission in life. Outside of that, I am an active member of DART, a disaster animal relocation team where we relocate large animals. I also do a lot of volunteer work as far as working with teen mothers and in my community um, with young entrepreneurs. So again, you can find me all over social media at It's Just Dion and I'd love to see you there. Go ahead, Elle. Waiting on you. Hey, this is Elle Chanel Thompson. I am an author, coach, speaker, preacher, and a family mediator. Um, I can be found at Elle Chanel Thompson on Facebook, Elle Chanel Speaks on Instagram, and I also have www.lchanelthompson.com 
Um, I've got some neat books there. Um, I just want you to be better. I'm the drama-free architect helping you to live a legacy of free. So find me, chat with me. I'd love to see you. I'm so glad to be here, Sophia. Thank you so much for this. All right, Miss Nisi, you're up. Oh, yes, it's me. I'm Nisi Black. And you can find me on social media at Nisi Black, N-E-C-I-E-B-L-A-C-K, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm there or visit my website at NisiBlack.com. I enjoy connecting with like-minded women who are looking to make themselves a priority. I am also a strength-based coach. So if you are um, struggling with understanding your strengths, cultivating your strengths, and effectively using your strengths, 34 theme talents, Gallup Strength Finder, then hook, hook up with me, and I'm happy to um, help you uncover some things about yourself. But I look forward to uh, connecting with you powerful ladies and engaging again in such amazing conversation it has been tremendous for me I enjoy listening and learning and and then letting you pour some seeds of uh, uh, inspiration and motivation into me so thank you for inviting me on your platform to share with everybody today absolutely I am so glad that you all um, took me up on the the invitation I, I've felt like I needed to strike while the iron was hot because it's a conversation that needs to be had and so many people are afraid to have it. Um, like you said, once something is done in the darkness, they feel like it has to be, it has to remain there and it doesn't. And I, I just want to thank you. I am so humbled. Um, I know Dion, you were having company and we had to work around some scheduling. I appreciate that. I know you had church and I know that that's so Girl, I'll be seeing you with the church and then with the necklace, as Dion pointed out, that necklace, girl, that necklace. Listen, we can all clutch that necklace and it still be enough for everybody listening. <laughs> and Nisi, the, the quiet storm. Oh, my gosh. You came with the clap back. So just know from the bottom of my heart to the very tippy, tippy top, I thank you. I appreciate you all taking two hours out of your Sunday just to, to spend with me and to talk to our community and for those who may not understand why we felt as strongly as we did. So um, I know my children came looking for me a couple times as if they're not almost grown. Well, one is grown and the other one is 16. I'm like, why you still want your mama? But that just goes to show how children do need their parents, no matter what the age is no matter what the age is. So again, I thank you. I am going to let you guys get to your families. Um, I love you. I love you. I appreciate you. Y'all are awesome. And I'm about to tear up again. So until next time, we, we have to do this again. Until next time, be well. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sophia Speaks podcast. We've had the conversation. You have the information. The question is, what are you going to do with it? See you in the next episode.